My name is Anna Grutzner, and my intention is to discuss, embody, and share my learnings in all things psychology, the human mind, mental health, and wellness. This is a platform to refresh my own knowledge and stimulate conversation before I pick up further psychology studies after completing my bachelor nine years ago. I welcome you on this journey of learning, unlearning, and relearning psychology and what it means to be in joy. Welcome back to Enjoy and to today's conversation on DISC personality profiles. In terms of the agenda, we will talk about what is DISC, where did it come about, what are the purposes and uses for DISC personality assessment, and how can we bring a level of self-awareness to our personality profiles and also to that of our colleagues in a team environment. The reason this came about is currently I'm learning all about different psychological pathways. There's actually nine types of psychologists that I'm learning about at uni. Developmental, forensic, organizational, clinical, health, etc., etc. And we were learning a lot about organizational psychology in our last week's unit. And my brother actually suggested that I do a conversation on DISC because this is something that comes into organizational psychology. It's all about how and why we interact with each other in the ways that we do. So although this can be applied to a work context, I think it's also relevant for friendship circles because everyone comes with a different set of behaviors, attitudes, beliefs, flaws, positives, negatives, everyone comes into this ecosystem and we all balance each other out in some way or another, especially if you're in a diverse team, a diverse friendship group. This is when we start to see different personalities coming in and interacting with each other. So what is DISC? DISC is a behavioral assessment tool used to measure personality traits and behavioral tendencies. It is based on the work of psychologist William Moulton Marston, and he was looking into this in 1928, and since then it's evolved and changed over time. There's over 40 years of research and evolvement that has happened through this testing method. Essentially, it identifies four primary behavior types, and it leads to the acronym DISC, Dominance, Influence, steadiness, and conscientiousness. The reason we use DISC is because it can facilitate improved teamwork, productivity, and communication in the workplace. It can also increase our own self-awareness, and it provides a shared, universally understood, understood language to better know yourself and your colleagues. It can help to improve working relationships reduce conflict, identify leadership styles, strengths, weaknesses, and also preferred environments. What do you need in a workplace and what's going to stimulate you to perform at your best? It also points out different strategies, opportunities, and threats of each of the personality or behavioral styles, and it can help you to become a better manager or if you're not currently a manager, maybe it can help you 
find ways to better interact and engage with your management team. So how does DISC work? It measures dimensions of personality. It does not measure IQ, values, mental health, or aptitude. It purely looks at your behaviors across different situations and scenarios. It also will question what your preferred ways of doing things are, as well as your tendencies, preferences, and patterns. The test consists of 80 questions, which you have to answer truthfully as yourself, wherever you are. I think one thing we can get stuck on when doing these questionnaires is, oh, well, is it me at work? Is it me at home? Me in a friendship group? The DISC personality assessment overrides all of that. And the assumption is that your dominant traits will come out no matter which perspective you approach it from. The questions ask the individual taking the test to rate themselves on a scale of one to five in terms of how well each statement describes them. I thought I would offer the opportunity here to pause the podcast and go and take a micro version of this test. The full version takes about 20 minutes. This one should only take you about five minutes that I'll drop in the show notes and it will spit out your result at a very top line. I think this will really help the information resonate and land, and you'll be able to think about yourself in light of this DISC personality profile. So hit pause, we'll come back. If you don't have time or any interest in taking the test right now or ever, that's fine. We will forge ahead and I will walk you through the four quadrants. Starting with D, dominance. Your priorities are getting quick results, taking action, challenging yourself and others. You are motivated by power, authority, competition, winning and success. You fear loss of control, being taken advantage of and showing vulnerability. You are confident, direct, forceful and risk-taking. Your limitations are that you can lack concern for others. You can also be impatient and insensitive. The two words that DISC would use to describe you, number one is assertive, number two is decisive. In terms of who exemplifies dominance, my mind goes straight to Elon Musk, I've never met the guy. I don't know know what his test results are, but from what I can see, I feel like he's very visionary, entrepreneurial. He has that founder's mentality. He goes a bit rogue sometimes, outspoken, assertive, very strong-willed, and has very high standards and a big visionary mind. So for me, he really encapsulates everything within that dominance quadrant. Moving into the second quadrant, I stands for influence. Your priorities are enthusiasm, action, implementation, and collaboration. What motivates you is recognition, being rewarded, group activities, and relationships. Your biggest fears are rejection, disapproval, being ignored, or being unheard. 
what you're like as a person. You are charming, enthusiastic, sociable, optimistic, positive, and talkative. Your limitations or things to look out for is impulsivity, disorganization, and losing enthusiasm once the initial novelty of a new project wears off. If I had to describe you, or if DISC had to describe you in two words, it would be outgoing and social. Someone who encapsulates the influence field, from my perspective, is Barack Obama. He is so incredible with people. He connects, he inspires, and he's very empathetic, and he leads in a very collaborative way. Another example, a bit more low par, is uh, Donkey from Shrek. He is just so like a little ball of energy. He's always excited to do anything and everything, following Shrek around, bringing the crew together. And he has this very fun-loving positivity and optimism about him. Moving into steadiness. Your priorities are supporting being a steady ground for the people around you, and collaboration. What motivates you is a stable environment, being appreciated, cooperation, harmony, and helping others. Your fears are instability, chaos, lack of harmony, and offending people. You tend to come across as a team player. You are calm, patient, you're a good listener, and you're very humble. Your limitations are that you can be too accommodating, you avoid change and involvement, you avoid conflict, and you can be indecisive. The two words to describe you in a nutshell are calm and reserved. The face that comes into my mind when thinking about this steadiness profile is Queen Elizabeth. She was always so steady and calm consistent. She would show up in every press conference, every event, media appearance. She was always so peaceful and harmonious. She was also very charitable. So she, for me, is someone that really exemplifies all of those steadiness traits. Moving along to the last of the four, the C, is conscientiousness. Your priorities are accuracy, stability, challenging yourself, and challenging assumptions. You are motivated by opportunities to use your expertise, improve knowledge, and create detailed and quality work. Your fears are being criticized, doing things half-assed, being wrong. You are very precise, analytical, skeptical, and somewhat reserved. Your limitations are that you can be critical, you can overanalyze, and you can also isolate yourself. An example of someone who is conscientious that comes to mind for me is Bill Gates. He's incredibly conscientious. I remember reading or watching a profile on him and just looking into his library. He has hundreds, thousands of books. He loves reading, researching, understanding the facts, understanding reasons. And he's very systematic 
accurate, analytical in his approach. So two words to describe anyone who's conscientious is analytical and systematic. In summary, the four personality or behavioral traits are dominance, influence, conscientiousness, and steadiness. If you look at a little graph online, just type in DISC and it should come up, you will see each of these have a different color code as well. Dominance is associated with green, influence with red, steadiness with blue, and conscientiousness with yellow. I remember in a previous job of mine, we all knew what our colors were and we would talk about it so openly. It would be like, all right, greens, what do you think? Blue, what's your two cents? Yellow, conscientiousness, what details can you see that we're not seeing? And we would collaborate in a very open way based on these colors. If you've taken this test or if you're about to take this test, one thing to keep in mind is that you're probably not going to land on one single quadrant. What's much more likely is a blend where you cross over between two quadrants. So let's talk about those and what they can look like. The different blends are DI, so dominance influence. This is called the driver profile and it's all around action and opportunity. You are active, fast-paced, assertive, dynamic, and bold. And it can also be ID, which is influence predominantly followed by dominance. You are the influencers. You are results-based, you make bold choices, and you are inspiring. If you're crossing over between influence and steadiness, IS or SI, you are accepting, you are people-focused, empathetic, agreeable, and receptive. Specifically, if you are IS, so more influential than steady, you love collaboration, accommodating friends and positivity, and your profile is called the encourager. And if you are SI, so predominantly steady, you value relationships, group contribution, and you are agreeable, and your profile is called the counselor. If you land between steadiness and conscientiousness, S and C, you are thoughtful, calm, slower paced, methodical, and careful. If you are predominantly S, so SC, you are progress-based, calm, and I can't read my handwriting. Envero? I have no idea what that says. We'll move along. You are the stabilizer or the planner. If you are conscientious, steady, so CS, you are humble with a stable preference. You're called the editor. If you are sitting between conscientiousness and dominance, you are questioning, logical, objective, skeptical, and challenging. If you are CD, so conscientious ahead of dominance, you are clear, thoughtful, logical, and you're the questioner. And if you are the other way around, dominance before conscientiousness, you have an independent style with strong leadership qualities, and your archetype is called the architect. 
I'm glad that little segment's over. I was a bit of a minefield. I was reading, it was two sides of a page. So I took a photo of one side on my phone and then I was reading the other side on my actual notes and I was flipping between the two and getting extremely lost, but we got there. The next segment is how to communicate with the different types of personalities. And this is found from... Again, I'm really struggling with my handwriting here, chartcourse.com. I'll drop it in the show notes. If you are communicating with a D, dominant, do not waste their time. I added that little one in there, a little bit of alliteration. D for don't waste their time. Be specific, stay on topic, short and sweet. Don't chit chat, don't try and build a relationship. Come prepared, present logically And provide choices in any pitch you're making so that the D can decide. Focus on facts. And if you disagree with what they're saying, keep personality aside. If you're communicating with an I or an influencer, it needs to be a two-way dialogue. It's all about both speaking and listening. Ask about their ideas, their goals. Try to relate and socialize. And don't just drive facts and figures that will bore them to death. Help them organize, put things in writing, and you're actually better off going to these people with one solution rather than a million different options in the way that you might present to a D, showing both sides. These people get a bit overwhelmed by too much information. So help them. Don't leave unresolved decisions and provide ideas for action. Another one is to provide testimonials from people they trust because these people are very relationship-based and they need that social proof. So I try to inspire. S for slow down. So steadiness, slow down. The technique here is don't rush them. Show interest in them as a human. Understand their personal goals and interests. Don't force quick responses. Give them time. Present logically in a non-threatening way, ideally in writing. Ask specific questions of them if you need clarity and listen without interrupting. Lastly is keep an eye out for hurt feelings and their personal reactions and try to accommodate for those as you go. The last one in approaching conscientiousness or C, think about being conventional straightforward in your approach. Be direct. Go one-on-one rather than approaching them in a large group or in a large meeting. Ask if they see an issue the same way that you do and explain your reasons why. Provide resources and information. Have a little appendix ready to go. Allow decision time. Be formal and not too personable or buddy-buddy. Try to look at both sides of any argument to show measured thinking and be really clear in your expectations and your guidelines. When do they need to give you a response? Put that deadline in. If you are rebutting something that they say, make sure that you bring evidence to support your argument. Now, the assumption here is that you know what your colleagues are and maybe you don't do disc profiling within your workplace. 
but put it to HR and see how it floats because I really think that this can foster so much collaboration between teams, knowing how and when to communicate things in the right ways to get things across the line. My results, I landed on ID. So the results said that I am friendly, quick-witted, outgoing, and a driver, active, fast-paced, assertive, dynamic, bold, enjoy interacting with people, and I get things done by working with and through others. Very true. I can relate to most of that. And one thing I've really thought about while looking into this topic is prior to now, I always assume that people are like me. I think we do this with a lot of psychological constructs. We think, if I think this way, everyone else must think this way. So what this has shown me is that not everyone wants to chit chat. Sometimes I feel like if I go over to someone and I'm about to ask for something, my approach is normally to check in, see how they're doing, what do you do on your weekend? What are you up to? What did you have for lunch? I don't know. I'll keep it personable and friendly. But if I'm approaching someone who's dominant, that is completely the wrong approach. So that's really taught me something today. I hope you've also learned something new about yourself or your colleagues, something you can bring to your workplace. Share this episode with a friend or with a colleague that needs a little point in the right direction. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Please leave a review and I will see you back here next time.